Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper. And this is the season one finale. So you've made it to the end of season one if you're here. So congratulations. I really appreciate you having been along for the ride. And as we are a week away from Christmas, I'm making this a Christmas-themed episode. My top 25 Christmas songs, 12 of which are traditional and 13 are what I've classified as contemporary. This will be a very short episode after the Lord of the Rings-length marathons of the past two weeks. It also won't be nearly as in-depth. Part of that is because I was having a bit of trouble getting into the mood for making the outline for this this week. My sleigh was delayed by Taylor Swift dropping her second surprise album of the year last Friday, uh, Evermore, so I was listening to that a lot, and I had to force myself to get back into the Christmas music to make this episode, and also because there's only a week left. I thought about slapping together a review for Evermore before Christmas here, but slapping together is not what I usually go for for you all, and I also need more time to let it sink in and decide exactly what I think about it, so stay tuned for a Taylor Swift Evermore review episode in the new year. Anyhow, back to the topic at hand. I've always loved Christmas music. I know it can be a bit of a polarizing genre for some people. They get sick of it quite easily. They don't understand why people like me start listening to it towards the end of October. Now, I do ease myself into it. I don't go 100% Christmas music until the last few weeks leading up to the big day, but I do start easing myself into it uh, before Halloween even, which I don't really care too much about, as I mentioned in the costume episode. I am somewhat of a Christmas nut. I always find out as soon as I can what day Starbucks is switching over to the red cups and the Christmas drinks, and I'm there first thing in the morning to get a half-sweet chestnut praline latte, and I watch a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies this time of year. I don't know, I just love the the magic and the childlike wonderment of the season, and also that it's celebrating our Savior's birth. Christmas music is also really where I got my start drumming in public. I think I mentioned back in the introductory episode of this show in June that I started playing the drums, well, from or, or before I could walk. I was banging on pots and pans with wooden spoons and such, and then I got my first little toy drum kit for Christmas when I was three or four, I think four, and then got my first real kit for Christmas when I was eight and started taking lessons through my elementary school. And as part of that, we would play in assemblies sporadically throughout the school year. But the Christmas concert was unquestionably the main event. I know many kids probably groan or are terrified at the prospect of singing and or playing an instrument in front of a few hundred people like that. But the Christmas concerts with my school were actually a big highlight of the Christmas season for me. I wasn't big on the drama side of it. I've never liked live acting for some reason, but I loved the music and it really got me fired up that last week or so before Christmas. And then later, once I became a member of the worship team at my church, I would sometimes get to play the candlelight service on Christmas Eve, which is my favorite church service of the year. And it's always a great honor to play it. 
And that service is something that I'll really miss this year with the pandemic interfering with so many traditions. And obviously, for the most part in school, Christmas concerts like that and in candlelight services at churches, you're playing the classics, you know, the Christmas carols or the ones that I would have under the traditional category for the purposes of today's episode. But as I mentioned, I also included some contemporary ones in this episode. And I think it's very difficult to write a good Christmas song now. There's sort of a short list of lyrical tropes and some sonic ones as well, a bit less so there, that you have to include at least some number of those in order to classify something as a Christmas song. And as time goes on, it becomes increasingly difficult to incorporate these tropes in interesting and unique ways. I managed to write one that I was pretty pleased with four years ago, and my band had a chance to play it two years ago when we happened to have a show in December, but I certainly don't fault artists for filling most of their Christmas album if they decide to make one with covers of the classics. Anyhow, as I said, I don't want to keep you too long. Think of this like your last class of the year before Christmas back when you were in school, how you'd get a fun short day. So let's get right into my top 25 Christmas songs, 12 traditional and 13 contemporary. My 12th ranked traditional Christmas song is Sleigh Ride. Think the image of being snuggled up on a sleigh ride with your sweetie, if you have one, is a nice cozy Christmas thought. And I don't think I have a favorite version of this one. My 11th ranked traditional Christmas song is Let It Snow. Snow is my favorite type of weather, other than hot sunshine. And I think it's especially nice at Christmas time and looks really pretty and helps to get you in the spirit. So a song requesting a good dump load of snow is always appropriate. And I might go with Rod Stewart's version of Let It Snow for my favorite. My 10th ranked traditional Christmas song is It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, kind of in the same vein as Let It Snow. And my favorite version of it is Bing Crosby's. Number nine, The Christmas Song. It lives up to its audacious title, and my favorite version, of course, is Nat King Cole's. He has such a haunting voice, I wonder if he ever tried Die Erlkonig, which is a German song that I studied in one of my music history courses in university. At number eight, I have Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and I'm not sure I have a favorite version of it. At number seven, I have White Christmas, kind of in the same vein as Let It Snow, and my favorite version, of course, is Bing Crosby's. As I'm sure you've noticed, I'm going pretty quick here. I have a bit more detail to get into on the contemporary ones, just because they might not be as universally well-known as these traditional ones. At number six, I have Joy to the World, and I don't think I have a favorite version of it. Number five, I have The First Noel, and I don't believe I have a favorite version of it. Number four, O Come All Ye Faithful, I don't have a favorite version of it either. At number three, I have Oh Holy Night, which is a song that just has great dynamics. The high note on the final night is always a spine tingler. 
and I don't really have a favorite version of it. At number two, I have Silent Night. It may be a bit of a hot take to not put it number one, and it very easily could be. I just decided to order my top two this way to give you a bit of variety. But Silent Night is an indisputable classic for sure. And my favorite version of it is Elvis Presley's version. And my favorite traditional Christmas song is Away in a Manger. It's just such a cute, sweet little song. And my favorite version is Randy Travis's. And a dishonorable mention for traditional ones would be It's a Marshmallow World. I had to sing that for my grade two Christmas pageant and just brutal. Okay, so moving on to the 13 contemporary Christmas songs, I have somewhat of a hot take at number 13. So at number 13, I have Tis the Damn Season by Taylor Swift off of the new Evermore album. I say it's a hot take because it's, I suppose, up for debate whether or not it should be considered a Christmas song, but I think it's Christmassy enough for inclusion here because I think it's a unique addition to the Christmas canon detailing a home for the holidays tryst between the girl who went Hollywood and the guy who stayed in the small town. It's like a Hallmark movie without the late movie realization and subsequent happy ending. Well, I suppose it's not completely void of happy endings. Anyhow, number 12, I have Merry Christmas Baby by Otis Redding. I love the Southern Soul sound, so it's nice to have a Christmas option, if that's what you're in the mood for. At number 11, I have Please Come Home for Christmas by The Eagles. It does a great job of being a sad Christmas song as far as the love-struck longing of the lyrics while still being uplifting. In fact, the last verse and closing refrain do seem to suggest that she shows up after all, and it's nice to have a bluesy Christmas song with a nice guitar solo. The only reason I didn't put this higher is I tend to gravitate toward melancholy songs a lot of other times of the year, and I try to be more jubilant around Christmas time, so I favored the happier ones on this list. Speaking of which, at number 10, I have The Happiest Christmas Tree by Nat King Cole. Yes, it's goofy and childlike. So what? If you can't be like that at Christmas, when can you be? Plus, it's catchy. Also, I should mention that The Happiest Christmas Tree is from the same album as The Christmas Song, which I put on the traditional side of the list. I did that because it's basically become a standard at this point, whereas this one has not. At number nine, I have Bob and Doug McKenzie's version of The Twelve Days of Christmas, which is a sort of self-deprecating Canadian humor version of the Twelve Days of Christmas that most of you know, and I like it much better than any of the serious versions of the song. At number eight, I have Run Rudolph Run by Chuck Berry. The song actually marked my return to the drum kit and certainly my return to public performance which gives me a bit of a soft spot for it. It was Christmas 2015, our first Christmas at our current church, and I was asked to play this song with the band during the toy drive. I hadn't played in public for six and a half years and had only recently started playing with some regularity on my own time again. 
And I'm very thankful that I ended up doing it because it shook the nerves off and I had a lot of fun with it and found I was much more confident on stage than I had been when I was younger. And six months later, I was on stage with my own band playing our first show. So because of that, I have a soft spot for Run Rudolph Run. And as a matter of fact, I actually like Leonard Skinner's version of it the best, but it is a Chuck Berry song. At number seven, I have An Old Time Christmas by Randy Travis, the title track off of his 1989 Christmas album, which is probably my favorite Christmas album as a whole. I'm not usually a country fan, at least not contemporary country or country pop. I do like the old school country, but something about Christmas makes the rugged, folksy vibe a great fit to me. I think part of my beef with current country is the lyrical quality or lack thereof. So when you remove that variable and take certifiably well-written Christmas songs and frame them through the nice rustic sonic palette, it can yield great results. It also sounds like the Hallmark movies I watch so many of this time of year. And Randy's old-time Christmas album also has a nostalgia factor for me since my mom and I used to listen to it while we set up the train and village underneath the tree when I was little. At number six, I have Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift, which was released as a non-album single last year. Yes, it's very poppy. Yes, it incorporates a dizzying amount of the typical lyrical tropes. And yes, it's also very good. Fight me. At number five, I have Little St. Nick by The Beach Boys. Their whole Christmas album is great. They have such a jubilant sound, which makes them a perfect fit for Christmas music. Plus, listening to them now can really take you back to an era that many people are nostalgic for. And I'm a big Beach Boys fan, so watch out for a Pet Sounds episode in Season 2. At number 4, I have What Christmas Means to Me by Stevie Wonder. It has that infectious energy that Stevie does so well. Just like my favorite song of his, Uptight, Everything's Alright. At number three, I have Up on the Housetop by the Jackson Five. It was actually written by Benjamin Hanby in 1864, but the Jackson Five's adaptation has become so synonymous with it that I put it in the contemporary category. It's tough to beat Jackson Five era Michael Jackson at any time, but that stage of his voice is especially well suited to the innocence and joy of Christmas. And it has a groovy bass line that you would expect from a Motown song. At number two, I have How Do I Wrap My Heart Up for Christmas by Randy Travis, another off of his 1989 album, An Old Time Christmas. It perfectly captures being enamored with someone at Christmas time, and I love the acoustic slide guitar on it. Now, before I unveil my number one contemporary Christmas song, I have two dishonorable mentions, and these will both likely be considered quite hot takes, one of them especially. So the first dishonorable mention is All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. This is the one that I expect to be a major hot take. It's not like I've always disliked the song, but if you've worked in retail over Christmas, as I did twice, you started to tire of this song by 10 a.m., your first shift of the season. And my second dishonorable mention is Last Christmas by Wham! and all the cover versions of it, too. It's just so whiny, I've never been able to get into that song, no matter who's doing it. 
And that leaves us with my number one contemporary Christmas song, Step Into Christmas by Elton John. It really captures the unadulterated joy that symbolizes Christmas to me. It has a seriously great bass line as well, and Elton is very into it. And that brings us to the end of what we have to cover today. So, as promised, a much shorter episode. I do have a longer wrap-up section here, though, than most of them, with this being the season one finale. I'd like to give you a little bit of a sneak peek as far as what you can expect in season two. As I mentioned, there will be a review of Taylor Swift's new Evermore album, and placing it in my ranking of her albums will be part of that episode. I will be unveiling a new theory that I'm working on about the four ways that music appeals to us, and potentially relating it to personality psychology on some level. Likely, I'll have my brother Spencer back as a guest for that. I plan on unveiling a new series of very deep dives into one song per episode, lyrical analysis, musical analysis, historical significance where applicable, and so on, and Spencer and potentially others will likely be guests for some of those. I also plan on going album by album through certain artists' catalog, potentially The Beatles with Spencer as a guest. I will likely do a review of The Doors live in New York box set for the anniversary of those shows in mid-January. I will probably have an album ranking episode for both ACDC and The Rolling Stones and much, much more. So stay tuned. I'm really looking forward to season two and I'm going to try to do a lot of research for it and brainstorming and all of that over the Christmas break and then have a lot of content ready to go once uh, January comes. And that's when season two will be starting sometime in early January. I'm going to take a few weeks off to rest and rejuvenate and enjoy family and college football and all of the other Christmas break festivities. So as I've been mentioning for a while now, I am now selling Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper t-shirts for $40 Canadian. If you would like one of those, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at rocktalk.dr.cropper or email me rocktalk.dr.cropper at gmail.com and I would love to help you get your hands on a shirt. I'm not sure if they would arrive in time for Christmas if you decided to do one as a gift, uh, depending on where you live. If you're close to me here in the Toronto area, I could definitely get it to you by Christmas. Otherwise, it might be tough, but keep that in mind nonetheless. And of course, feel free to follow the show on Instagram at rocktalk.dr.cropper or like it on Facebook, Rock Talk with Dr. Cropper, so that you can be kept abreast of all of the latest happenings. So as we have now reached the end of season one, I want to extend a huge thank you to all of you for listening this year. It's been a really fun journey starting this show, and I look forward to continuing it in the new year. It's such a blessing to know that people on every continent are interested enough in what I have to say about these topics to tune in each week. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to each and every one of you listeners, whether you're new to the show or have been on the journey since it started back in June or somewhere in between. At the time of this recording, the show is sitting at 1,787 downloads across 
46 countries and 426 cities. So it's really cool to know that I'm reaching people in that many corners of the world. And I was going to say thank you in the main language of each one of these countries, but I ran out of time this week. So I will say a few that I know, and for those who I miss, I'm sorry, but please know that the sentiment is the same. So these are the 46 countries where the show currently has listeners. United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, thank you all, Germany, Dankeschön, France, merci beaucoup, Italy, grazie mille, Norway, Brazil, Austria, Uganda, Spain, muchas gracias, Singapore, Japan, arigato, Netherlands, Mexico, Finland, Sweden, Chile, Argentina, Belgium, Vietnam, Russia, Colombia, Philippines, Iran, Denmark, Sri Lanka, United Arab Emirates, Slovenia, Israel, Ireland, Switzerland, Latvia, Turkey, Thailand, Afghanistan, Indonesia, Serbia, Lithuania, Estonia, Poland, South Korea, Fiji, Puerto Rico, and Taiwan. So thank you so much for listening to all of you, whether I know your native tongue or not, I will try to learn it for next time. And I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and any other relevant salutations, and a very happy and healthy 2021, which will hopefully mean a return to normal, and most relevantly to this show, a return to live music in the flesh with other fans. When I played Alex Warm's debut EP release show, she was the guest that I had about a month ago talking about her cover of I'll Be Home for Christmas. When I played that show, the MC proposed that recorded music is a record of music that already happened, whereas live music is a live, real music happening before your eyes and ears. Now, I don't have anything against studio versions. You obviously can't beat the sound quality, and it is nice to have reference versions of songs. However, I do tend to listen to live music more, and I sure do miss experiencing it in person. And it will give me lots of great stuff to discuss and dissect in season two if I have fresh concerts to cover. So let's all say our prayers for that. And in the meantime, have a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful time off with those family members and friends that you are able to safely see. And let's all pray for a much better 2021. God bless you all. Class dismissed.